Our reading today is from James 5, 13 to 20. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from the death and cover over a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Martin. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> so, is anyone among you in trouble? Um, it was really good to hear about all the things we're thankful for, um, but I wonder if there's been anything on the other side, any, anything you class as trouble. I don't necessarily want you to shout it out, but we know there are things um, happening and that have happened maybe in the last 18 months or so, perhaps, um, that we could class as trouble. Um, so today's passage is the final one in James. We've been looking through the book of James together over the last couple of months. Um, and it's chapter, we're looking at chapter 5, starting at verse 13. And I've, I've divided this into four sections. This is going to be deeply theological, so listen up to this. So verse 13, the first section, I'm calling that the easy bit. 14 to 16, which is a bit about healing. If you just move on, Nick, to the next slide. This is a difficult bit. Uh, and then the next bit, 17 to 18. This is the token Old Testament bit. And then the final bit, verses 19 onwards. This is the random bit at the end. So <laughs> that's my theological assessment of today's passage. <laughs> um, so let's look at those in a bit more detail. If you just nip back to verse 13, please. So it starts, Is anyone among you in trouble? And as we know, the original recipients of James's letter hadn't just lived through a COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so I wonder what trouble James might have imagined they were in. Um, and as with all things, commentators like to debate the timing of these letters, but one of the possibilities is that this letter was written in the aftermath of um, the stoning of Stephen and some of those kind of times of persecution at the beginning um, of the early church. Um, and there's some verses in Acts 8, which I'll read, which are quite evocative and give an idea of what kind of trouble they might have been in. So Acts 8 verses 1 says, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them into prison. 
Um, and as we see in chapter 1, James addresses the letter to the 12 tribes scattered amongst the nations. Um, and he starts the book with um, the trials and temptations. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So I think there was obviously some tough things happening for these, um, for these people. Um, and James's advice to them is they should pray. And I guess, I guess the, um, the stuff that we just read, it sounds a bit more like perhaps being a Christian, say, in like another part of the world, like Afghanistan, rather than being in Sheffield. But I think James's advice to us in the troubles we face is probably going to be the same. So that's verse 13. That's the easy bit. If you're in trouble, the advice is to talk to God. If you're happy, the second half, shout out in praise. And that's something we did earlier in the, in the service. So the difficult bit, verse 14 onwards, um, obviously the ones that kind of caught my attention when I was first reading this, you're kind of given a passage to preach on and it's like, <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> anyway, so it says, Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up, them up. James seems very black and white, don't you think? Does anyone remember um, going through Romans together a few months ago? I remember like the kind of complex and nuanced language of that, and you're kind of trying to work out exactly what Paul was trying to say. With James, it's kind of fairly clear. He just gives it to us straight. Um, and these verses, in a way, are quite easy to get on board with. Um, the idea of gathering around each other um, gather, uh, gathering around a sick brother or sister to pray for them is, is a great thing to do. But there are kind of thorny questions which follow. Um, is what James is saying here like a prescriptive formula for guaranteed healing, healing? And why do some people never get healed? Um, I'm not going to try and answer these questions, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm going to dodge it. <laughs> Um, I did try and read Tom Wright so that I could come up with some really great answers, to, and, uh, but Tom Wright dodges this as well, so <laughs> I'm going to do that. Uh, so that's a difficult bit. Um, next bit, please. Um, all Old Testament writers, New Testament writers, love a good Old Testament example, um, and James is obviously no exception. Um, and it's a great example, but I was kind of wondering why, why this one, why Elijah? Um, so one of the possible reasons is that he was a really well-respected uh, prophet, one of the kind of leading prophets in the, in the kind of eyes of the Jews. Um, but I also think that James's readers might well have had a fair amount in common with Elijah. Um, if you remember, Elijah was hated and persecuted. I think King Ahab was really not very keen on Elijah. Um, he was homeless, refugee, running away trying to turn the nation of Israel back to God. And I think the early Christians that James is writing to were kind of similarly trying to follow God at a time when, when their fellow Jews had rejected God and uh, they rejected God's chosen one, they refused to listen. And so maybe Elijah was exactly the example they needed to hear um, to help them keep the faith. Um, next, please. Verses 19 to 20. This is what I'm calling the random bit at the end. 
If I was editing the Bible, I would have probably cut this. I can't really see any connection to, to the uh, preceding bit. But um, kind of having thought about it a bit more deeply and trying to decipher what, where James is coming from. So these verses talk about, um, having talked about kind of uh, prayer and healing and Elijah, then talks about what you should do if someone wanders away from the truth. Um, and I wonder if these verses perhaps reveal James's concern for what might happen if we fail to heed the advice he's just given us. So the, um, the example of Elijah uh, reminds us of the cycle of Israel, where they, they kept getting into trouble and forgetting to, to talk to God, forgetting to rely on God. And then good times came and they would forget to give God praise. And they repeatedly wandered away from God and were repeatedly had to get called back by the Elijah and the other prophets. Um, so that's my quick assessment of the passages, of the, um, of the verses. One of um, Will's tips for preaching when we had a seminar is that every sermon should have one big idea, not many. So this is, this is my one big idea that, from based on today's passage. Times of trouble can very easily lead to us losing our faith. And the answer is to pray more. And times of contentment and times of plenty can also lead to us losing our faith. And the answer is to praise more. As I've just said, James was a Jew and he's seen this happen to his, to his people time and again. I think he's maybe trying to stop history repeating itself. And I don't think that, although, you know, this was, this was a message to the early church and it was a true for them, it was true for Israel, I don't think there's any, any kind of problem really in applying this directly to our own context here in the 21st century in the wake of a devastating pandemic or whatever our most recent trouble might be. If we don't talk to God when things are going wrong, if we don't thank God when things are going great, if we aren't vulnerable enough to allow our Christian brothers and sisters to pray with us when we're sick, then our relationship with God will suffer and potentially die. So, so that's, why I, that's kind of what I want to take from this, this passage. Um, oh, we're back to verse 18. Thanks. I was going to ask you to do that. <laughs> um, what does... What, what, do, what does praying through our troubles look like? Um, I don't know about you, but I'm quite challenged by the word uh, pray. And, and I sometimes think I have a bit of an unhealthy relationship with it. So whenever I hear the word pray, my mind immediately says, God needs to fix something. And that's, that's, what, that's what I think. I, I, I got this... Um, oh, I haven't got it with me. Is there, if you pop up on screen that card that I... Um, I found this around the house when I was preparing the sermon, was thinking about praying in our troubles. And this kind of made me realize that when I see things like this, my brain interprets this as God fixes things. But not prayer changes things, prayer fixes things. And if someone asks me to pray with them, like one of you folks said, can you pray with me? I immediately think this person wants me to ask God to fix their problems. And when I read today's passage, um, what I hear is anyone among you in trouble let them pray 
and God will sort it out. Now, I'm not trying to say that God doesn't miraculously intervene when we ask things of him. He definitely does. But I do think that if that's all we expect from prayer in these situations, then we might be um, frustrated and disappointed as we pray. If anyone's read any of the great books on prayer, like Richard Foster or Grieg, um, then you'll know that prayer is quite a complex thing. It's kind of rich, diverse, occasionally contradictory. Um, and so just kind of looking at it as, as God fixing our problems isn't necessarily the right way to think. So, the um, first, um, I mentioned earlier the first few verses of, um, uh, of James, the uh, trials and temptations. I think this kind of um, is a good example of, of what I'm trying to say, because he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, perseverance, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And the song we just sing, sung was another kind of reminder. It says, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith could be made stronger. They're talking about presumably like going through troubles with their faith made stronger and then it finishes in the presence of my saviour. So I guess that, that kind of backs up this idea that um, when James says let them pray, he's not immediately saying, just get God to take away your troubles. So that's what I think prayer doesn't look like. Um, and as Will mentioned at the beginning, we've been basing this um, service on the prayer of examine, and that's a form of prayer which I wanted to share, because I think it kind of fits quite well with how James would have us be. And many of you are probably already familiar with it and use it, but it's, um, it's a form of prayer that um, St. Ignatius first introduced about 400 years ago. Um, and at its core, it's a prayer that invites us to see God in all things, uh, both the good and the bad. And through it, we kind of pay attention to how the Spirit is moving in each moment of our daily lives. And the idea of it is to um, ask yourself questions and then reflect on the answers with God. Questions like, what am I especially grateful for in the past day? What has troubled me today? What has challenged me today? Have I noticed God's presence in any of this? Then asking these questions, we involve God in everything, as James suggests in, in verse 13. We turn our reflection into prayer, and we practice a kind of upward spiral of prayer and praise that James encourages. So, to finish, I'd, I'd, I'd like to bring us back to um, where we started, which was uh, COVID. COVID feels a bit like the elephant in the room in terms of troubles recently. In fact, calling it a trouble might be a bit of an understatement. Um, but I wonder what your reaction was to COVID. Did you follow James' advice and pray? Did you turn to God and share your pain with him? Have you found times to be thankful for what we do have and the amazing healthcare we have? And then thinking back again to verse 19 where 
We talk about the, the brothers and sisters who have wandered from the truth. Are there those among us for whom COVID has been so tough and we've not been able to rely on God and have wandered from the truth? Um, so just finally, as we pray, um, could you pop up that prayer, Nick? Thank you. This is the prayer again that I just came across while, while writing this, and I thought this is the kind of raw and honest prayer that is perhaps appropriate when we bring our troubles to God. So I'm just going to pray this um, to finish. Lord, I do not know what to ask of you. Only you know what I need. I simply present myself to you. I open my heart to you. I have no other desire than to accomplish your will. Teach me to pray. Amen.